Welcome in to the 20th and Blake podcast here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. As always, very excited to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you. And what a weekend series it was indeed for your Colorado Rockies, sweeping the Cincinnati Reds after this decisive 10 to 1 victory on a Sunday afternoon that I just got home from as I'm recording right now. Rockies just poured on huge early got nine runs in the first two innings ended up coasting the rest of the way to the w got some fantastic performances today out of brendan rogers you better believe i'm about to jump into that a little bit more cj crone hits his national league leading it might be mlb leading eighth home run of the season uh, you got randall gritchick putting up some quality numbers for you kyle freeland had a fantastic game really everybody had a good game even and and now i'm i'm working on this i've been practicing for this moment i've been building up to this for a couple of days now and so here we go elahuris which is what I believe it's much closer to the truth than what I'd been saying at the, at the very least. But Elijeris Montero getting in on the action as well in his major league debut, getting a couple of hits, uh, did get the news that he and Feltner are going to need to be sent back down because of the roster crunch. And that's bummer news for him, but, you know, that was probably writing on the wall there. I'm sure they told him as soon as they called him up, hey, you know, uh, we've got this weird little bubble of roster spot here. We've got guys coming back. There's going to be a crunch. But for the weekend, you know, we do need to fill out the roster. And you've been playing well, so it's a reward for him. I've talked before about how the guys get paid for those days. A lot of times people forget that that's, that's a part of it. But, you know, and now, now we got to get into a game. He got to experience a little bit of success, get the feel of that into his battle a little bit, go back and, and kind of build on that confidence in AAA and be ready for the next time that the team calls his name because there will be a next time later on in the series. So that was really good stuff to see as well. But obviously... You know, this was exactly what the Rockies needed after that horrible four-game set in Philly. You can do all of the equivocating you want and say, hey, look, the Cincinnati Reds are a bad team. They are now 3-19 and on the year. That's right. The Reds have only won three baseball games, and they've now lost 19. But you know and I know that it isn't always a given that the Rockies are going to take care of business against those teams. You also know that it's not always a given uh, that the Colorado Rockies are going to be uh, in a situation that they're ever going to be able to sweep, you know, with the ups and downs that this team can oftentimes have. And especially as we talked about in the Philadelphia series, you know, if you continue to play bad defense, which is looking more and more like it may have been the product of the weather and the circumstances and some bad luck and a few other things. But still, the further we get away from it, you know, the Rockies defense was very, very solid in this set against the Reds. They're, you, you know, at times it was even fantastic out there in the last couple of games. But see, so you go, okay, a sweep of the Reds, while it's maybe not as, you know, amazing and phenomenal as a sweep of the Dodgers would be or, or whatever. It's not a given. Sweeps are never a given. If you're clearly the better team in baseball, you should win two out of three. 
You know, it, this isn't the NFL where if you're the Patriots and they're the Browns, sorry if that's a dated reference at this point, but for a long time, you know, over the last 20 years, you, you, you should win if you're the Patriots. You just should win, and it's kind of embarrassing if you don't, right? But that's not how it works in baseball. You, you win two out of three, and so, uh, again, it, it's never a given, and especially after the way that they played in Philadelphia with it being so bad. So the fact the Rockies were able to come out here, um, get the job done, play really good, sound, fundamental baseball, and beyond that, just do all the aspects of the game well, right? You can't you can't ask for much more than that. Now, the, the second game was close, but they thoroughly outplayed the Reds, and that's all you can do is outplay the team that is in front of you. It has been a mark of even at times good teams in the Rockies' past that they would play down to opponents, let one of these slip away, have a mistake game, you know, they, they almost did it. And, and like I said, in game two, the, the bats weren't quite as alive as you would have thought against uh, Overton, who doesn't have great, great stuff. They only scored in the one inning. You know, it ended up being a one-run game going into the ninth. You've got Daniel Bard out there with no margin for error. He's got to get you the three outs. And yeah, you feel, again, that, and that's where the fact that you're not facing a superstar all-star lineup like the Dodgers or something, you, you know, you do feel better about. You do feel like that comes into play. But again, you still have to go and get those three outs. And we have seen plenty of times over the years where uh, they haven't. So the Rockies, you know, really, and, and, and I know that technically this is the first day of May, but it, this to me feels like the uh, the end of April because it was the end of a series and it's the end of the week and all of those kinds of things. So for me, this kind of puts the cap on April, right? And it's a strong start for your Rockies. Now, there's a lot to take away from it. There's a lot to probably pump the brakes about in both directions, whether it's you know things we've seen in terms of the defense that was really terrible, uh, how much of you know the bullpen continuing to be pretty good. Can we expect where are the starting pitching? You know where are the starting? But where is the starting pitching at uh, among all of this? Right, this is the best outing today that we've seen so far from Kyle Freeland, and that was huge. I do think though it's basically been commensurate with how he's pitched. You just know that the, the Babib Dragon wasn't going to keep catching Kyle Freeland like that. He was running into a, a lot of terrible luck. He was getting his weak contact. He even ran into, honestly, with the one run that he gave up today, it was still bad luck. He had Brandon Drury struck out. Strike three was right there. It was a, it was a borderline pitch, and, and I get it. It wasn't an egregious missed call by the home plate ump, and certainly you're not going to scream about it when you're up nine to nothing or whatever it was at that particular. I think, yeah, it was nine to nothing. Uh, but it was strike three, and uh, that prolonged the at-bat. And you could see Free was frustrated a little bit because then he threw a curveball. It was a pretty solid curveball. It got below the zone. I think he wanted it a little lower. He probably wanted to bounce that thing, but it wasn't a strike. Drury just went down there and put a golf swing on it and pulled it into the left-field bleachers for you know his only blemish on the day. But Freeland was very sharp. He had the swing and miss stuff going. He was making guys like you know Joey Votto, who I know his numbers haven't been great this year, but guy's one of the best hitters of the last 15, 20 years. And you know Freeland was making them look silly out there a couple of times. So I think Free has got it pretty well locked in. It's been awesome to see that. You know, I, I remember hearing some people say, "Oh, and this is just—it's one of the things people say about any athlete anywhere." So it's something you can say when you don't know the guy, but 
you know, it's that old, well, he signed the big contract. Is he going to, you know, relax or, or, or not, you know, bring in anymore now that he feels like he got paid or, or whatever it is. But like, that's just obviously not Kyle Freeland was never on the table for Kyle. So still though, it's nice to see him come out these first couple of games after the contract, continue to build on what he's done, show you the competitiveness. And now today, he finally, for the first time all season, kind of had everything come together as it should, where the weak contact was producing outs, where the defense behind him was anywhere from solid to very good, although there was one play that Brendan Rodgers could have made that he didn't quite, uh, you know, up the middle, whatever. You, you, he got it. In fact, Kyle got the, the double play ball on the very next one, and uh, Ryan McMahon, who had a very nice defensive series after having a dreadful one in Philadelphia, showed you that, yeah, that Philly stuff was probably a fluke, and you should expect Mac to get right back to being the kind of defender that he was a year ago. So, let's talk about the young man of the hour. And as much as I would love for that to be Elujaris Mentero and uh, his Major League debut... We'll have more time for that, hopefully, in the future. But Brendan freaking Rogers. I believe this. I believe Brendan Rogers' season starts today. Mulligan on April. He shouldn't even look at those numbers. He shouldn't count those numbers. He shouldn't think about that. He should men in black, blinky thingy, that nonsense out of his brain. April never happened to Brendan Rodgers, and that is how he should proceed. His season began today. And again, you can go with the caveats, and, and these things are both true, by the way, that the Reds are not a good ball club, and and I felt, quite frankly, I and I wrote this in the Discord channel, so the, you know you can call those people in there can can back me up on this. I, I said as it was happening. I said at like 2 nothing or 4 nothing. I feel really bad for this kid, San Martin. San Martin. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. They pronounced it two different ways in the press box today, so I don't know. Um, that's clearly a triple-A pitcher who wasn't ready for, for the bigs, hasn't been. I think this was the fourth start of his career. He came in you know, with an ERA over 10, and he's facing a Rockies lineup that's just stacked with power-hitting veterans. And while they're not the Dodgers or the Yankees, the Rockies, you know, and, and I said this too, and it's one of the worst arguments people make in any sport when they think their team is bad. And they say, well, these guys get beat by a college team or these guys get beat by a triple-A team. But sometimes people say, oh, the, the Rockies have a triple-A lineup. People would say that a lot last year, right? And that was closer to being true last year than it is this year, but still... It wasn't true. And when you see a major league lineup full of guys who just belong in the bigs going up against someone who maybe doesn't or doesn't yet, like they call them the big leagues for a reason. There was no, you know, these guys, (laughs) there was no mercy out there. There's no mercy rule. They're, the Rockies are trying to win every game that they can, and they're trying to keep their momentum. They're trying to keep their bats going. They're trying to everything that they can do, right? And so I felt bad for him, man. So back to the Brendan Rodgers element of it. Do You go, well, that guy isn't that great, so it doesn't really count. Well, no. That is, again, not how 
it really works in baseball, right? You've got to remember those things. Sure, you don't necessarily expect them to go back out, start doing amazing things right away. But sometimes getting that feel of success back into your bat that quickly, remembering, okay, there's my swing. There's my timing. That's how I need to get to those pitches. And even, yes, that's what it feels like to hit a line drive. Two solid line drives for Rodgers today. First one really kept that first inning going and and helped turn it into basically a game-winning first frame for the offense. But the second one, the bases clearing double, I think can and probably will be a turning point for Brandon Rogers in a similar way that those of you who recall Elias Diaz, who had been just eating it for the first month and a half last year. And then the Rockies went to New York and he was in the lineup. And I remember everybody, and I mean, everybody, including me and maybe even his own mama was on Twitter going, are you sure Diaz should be in the lineup today? You know, it, it, the guy was hitting like, again, kind of like Rogers coming into the game today, like Oh 70, like when you're hitting under 100, right. With no kind of power to speak of no on base element really going on for you either. It's, fair for fans and analysts and everybody to go what is this guy doing in the lineup but that's why coaches and managers are are paid to look a little bit deeper than that to think and look past what's happening right this second and see if you can find the indicators that that ball player has the ability to turn themselves around and it had been getting close with Rodgers and maybe you know if he had had not a terrible game today. I don't think they were going to send him down. I don't think that was ever really a possibility, you know, and with Hampson coming back before too long, there's going to be more crunch. Maybe if he had had another terrible week, you could look at it, but earnestly, I think he's about to take that whole conversation off the table. He's going to reward his manager's faith for continuing to put him in the lineup because he's too good of a hitter not to succeed. And now that he remembers what it feels like, he can calm down. He is, as they say, off the schneid, And he can relax a little bit and play his game. And remember, oh yeah, I'm good at this. Because so much of what was going on with Rodgers was, you know, I don't want to say mental in that, oh man, the guy's like a head case or he's beating himself up. No, I just mean the mental part of the game. The looking fastball and getting slider or changeup. Looking for changeup or slider and getting fastball. Being aggressive when you need to be patient. Being patient when you need to be aggressive. Those elements of the game, right? Because the the physical tools are all there and they always have been. So when you get this kind of success, it helps you relax with that mental part of the game of not feeling like, man, every single time I think that fastball coming low and away and I try to go get there and I'm on it, turns out to bend away from me as a slider. And you start really second guessing yourself. Right, And when you're second-guessing yourself in the batter's box, boy, are you in a world of hurt in Major League Baseball. So now Rodgers can go, oh, right, 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 right. I hit line drives. I drive in runs. I help this team win. I did it on Sunday's player of the game today. It's got to be, right? All apologies to Crone and Randall Gritchick, who continues to be absolutely fantastic for this team. How about his going the other way? Taking a smart up bat. We've talked about him cutting down 
the strikeout rate. Thanks a lot to Dante Bichette out there in Toronto. Appreciate that. But Randall Gritchick makes a phenomenal catch in right field today. That was really fantastic. Gets the scoring started with the single the other way. A couple runners aboard. Two-strike approach really shortened up. They they had him played. Uh, they, they were shifting on him to pull, so he just shortened up, hit the ball the other way. Take your single, get a couple of runs, and I've been really, really impressed with Randall Gritchick so far. I think I've mentioned this before, and a lot of people have told me, hey, he's a first-half player. He's really going to cool down in the second half. Fine, we'll address that problem when we get there. <laughs> you know, that that'll be a nice time for maybe then Sam Hilliard to start stepping into a bigger role or whatever. But for now, you got to feel comfortable with Randall Gritchick when he's batting three or four or five. They just swept the Reds without Chris Bryant. Now, again, I know Reds, but Rockies didn't have their theoretically, technically best player, though C.J. Crone might be their best player right now. Isn't baseball beautiful? Because we really just don't know. You know, is Crone going to be their best player by season's in? Will Bryant? Will Connor Joe? Another couple of base hits for him. His numbers continue to look fantastic. And with the way he takes in at bat, I don't see that coming crashing down anytime soon. We all know that Ryan McMahon's going to have his moments where he really gets it going. And he had some nice big moments in this series, including what basically turned into the game winner in the closest one of this set in game two. And once again, everybody contributing. I know I've said it a bunch of times. I talked to Sam Hilliard a little bit about it the other day. Um, That was yesterday. The days run together a little bit for me. Excuse me. Uh, Baseball does that to your brain a little bit. But this team is in a place right now where they don't feel like any one person has to carry them. They don't feel like if the stars aren't performing, then they aren't winning. Or if the starting pitching doesn't get six or seven, at least, then they're screwed. Because we've seen plenty of times where the pitching has only managed to go four innings. Rockies still pull out the win. Today, finally, they get seven from their starter. Rockies dominate. We've seen them do it both ways. We've seen them come from behind to win. We've seen them hold on in tight games. We've seen them, you know, like today, cruise and not let it get too comfortable. We saw in the first game of the set, Ashton Godot out there in the ninth. It was starting to maybe get a little uncomfortable, but they still didn't have to go to like Bard or Colome or Estevez or anything like that, right? Everybody is contributing. And in fact, and I was talking to somebody about this. Uh, you remember my good friend, Larry Patrick from uh, Walsenburg and the hero of my trip down to the National League wildcard game in 2017? He's in the press box today. And we were talking about this roster crunch. And who do you send down? And, you know, and, and, and even the roster crunch to come once Chris Bryant and Garrett Hampson are healthy, right? Because that gets even more complicated. And, of course, we were talking, this was before the game started, you know, Rodgers is really the only guy on the team whose performance suggests you should send him down. There's other guys who it might make more sense for business or pragmatic reasons. Again, we talked about Trejo as good as he's been. 
could use more seasoning. He could use more regular playing time. He's not the prospect that Rodgers was. You know, you talk about Daza gets very little playing time, but when he does play, he's so valuable. He's so good defensively. He's got, he had a couple more base hits today where you're going, goodness, he's actually contributing on offense as well. Again, up and down, everyone's helping the team win. Trejo, Dom Nunez, basically everybody in the bullpen, even Ryan Feltner, who we knew that was going to be a spot start and he was going to go right back down. And even though they didn't win that ball game, he gave gave them every opportunity to win the game. It wasn't on him, right? So Brennan Rodgers was really the one guy you could look at and say, right now it's hard to argue that he's helping them win baseball games as he's contributing to wins, right? And then he has a four RBI day. (laughs) and the last thing you want to do is pull the rug out from underneath him now that he's got the feel of success in his toes so now if over the next couple of weeks he's hitting a couple of line drives they don't all need to fall for base hits they don't all need to you know go into the gap or over the wall or drive in runs but if he's continuing to hit line drives you can't send down brendan rogers you you really can't So your Colorado Rockies are about to be in a situation where when fully healthy, they've got to send good players who are helping them win to the minors just because they don't have enough spots for them. That's where they are right now because everybody up and down the lineup is doing something. And that's pretty amazing. And everybody in the rotation is doing something. Marquez has probably been the worst starter so far. Actually, I'm taking the word probably out of that sentence. Armand Marquez has been your worst starter so far this year, and he still has the best stuff of any of them. He still will have those stretches. that He'll have a game or two this year where he flirts with a no-hitter, all that stuff, right? Chad Cool will, forgive me, cool off a little bit. But he's been fantastic, and I think he's going to be pretty good all year long. As long as he's healthy, we know what Freeland can do. Senzatel and Gomber remain their steady selves. Out in the bullpen, the plus side guys have all been very, very good. Kinley's been fantastic. Estevez, while he hasn't had any strikeouts, which is weird and interesting, and and happened again today, he's been, he certainly hasn't been anywhere close to being a problem. He's got plenty of clean innings under his belt. He's been pretty good, I would say, of Estevez so far. He's certainly been serviceable, right? Colomay and Bard have been fantastic. Uh, Chassin has been pretty to very good. Justin Lawrence has been pretty to very good. Flashing, fantastic. The guys who've got beaten up in the pen, Godot's given up some runs. Uh, Lucas Gilbreth gave up a ton of runs, right? Uh, you're, the minus side guys have gotten knocked around a little bit, and that's why the bullpen's overall ERA probably still doesn't look great. But your plus side guys all contributing to wins. And even Ashton Godot, remember, he picked up that save in Texas. Gilbreth might be the only guy on the roster right now who hasn't helped the Rockies win a baseball game this year. The only one. And it's been with regularity, right? Gritchick in several games. Bryant in several games. Iglesias in several games. Blackman, who didn't play at all today has helped them, has been huge recently. You know, McMahon's had his moments. Joe's been phenomenal all year. There's just not, there's nobody that comes up to the plate right now and you're like, ah, man, 
not this guy. Again, like I was saying, except for maybe Rodgers. And now he's probably the guy you most want to see hit tomorrow. Not tomorrow, they're off, but in the next game, right? Now, Brendan Rodgers at bats are almost more appointment television than anybody else because if he can get it going, goodness gracious, good golly Miss Molly, it won't matter who's on the other side. The Rockies are going to be able to hang with just about anybody. They got a nice little stretch here too to take advantage of Washington and Arizona before going out and seeing what they can do with San Francisco. But they're playing, I mean, obviously, right, Philly wasn't this, but they're playing, other than the Philadelphia Philly series, they're playing really good baseball all year long. That that series is the only time they've truly looked bad. And it was so weirdly bad, I just don't think you can do too much with that. So I'm, I'm very impressed by the quick turnaround over the weekend. Again, I I understand, you know, that it's the Reds, but you still got to play the baseball in front of you. You got to make the plays in front of you. They could just as easily have made a few big, dumb mistakes, especially in that second game and kicked that one away and still won the series and still had me sitting here going, hey, series win on to the next one. Right. But they came out. I think wanting to show to themselves and to anyone else who's paying attention right now that that nonsense in Philly is over with. This team takes pride in their professionalism and in their fundamentals and that this is how they're going to be. If you make mistakes, they're going to slug. And then on the flip side, they're going to pitch. And especially at Coors Field, they're going to know how to pitch better than you do. It's all going to come down to the road, folks. That's what this season is going to come down to. Can they figure out a way to win a few ball games on the road? Because this team is going to dominate at Coors Field. Dominate. And I, for one, am very excited to continue to watch them do it. All right, thank you all for listening in to this episode of 20th and Blake on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. Make sure that you're listening to all of the other podcasts here on Mile High Sports. You're checking out all the written content. I've had a lot of stuff go up over the last couple of days on milehighsports.com, including an article about how the June swoon is definitely not a real thing. Uh, I dove into the dynamics behind why having Chad Cool along really makes it so that the decision to let John Gray walk makes a lot more sense uh, from that standpoint from GM Bill Schmidt. I've got my interview with Sam Hilliard coming up and he was fantastic. He's always fantastic, but he was great. So you want to keep an eye out for that again at milehighsports.com. And if you're not following me at Drew Creaseman, that means you're not participating in the Q and A's that I do after these sometimes, which I'm about to do now. So make sure you do that and you come by for some of these. If you're interested in live conversation, otherwise just Keep being absolutely awesome out there. You know that I will keep being absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.